Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Gentry. Hope everyone's doing well tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, Beth's going to be joining me. She's going to be coming on here in just a second. Uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of the NA program. Um, for some reason, it's not letting her come on. I sent her an invite. Let's see here. Should be here in just a second. Anyway, so the importance of the program. Uh, it's a very important part of the process of getting so sober, excuse me, sober and staying sober. Um, it's always not an easy thing to do whenever you first, you know, come through detox or whatever it may be. Uh, you're trying to find your footing and uh, it won't. Your mind just tells you, you know, you, you know, for when you're all nervous, uh, you don't want to go to the meetings. Um, you. Uh, don't want to get a sponsor. There well, you are. Okay. Hey, I'm so challenged with technology. I don't know why, but I am. Um, me, but I'm on now. <laughs> me too. I'm uh, I'm technology challenged a little bit. No, you're not that. either. You're way advanced compared to me. I just got to spend more time with it than you do. You got way more important things going on. I don't know about that. It's all important. All right. So the importance of the NA program or program, it ain't got to be an NA program, AA or Celebrate Recovery or whatever A you may have. Um, I was just saying how difficult it is sometimes whenever you you first get sober. I mean, you, you got so many different emotions going on anyway, and you don't want to go to the meetings because you feel out of place. And um, you don't want to, there's Nick, and you don't want to, hey, Nick, how you doing, man? You don't want to um, raise your hand to get a sponsor and all these different things, and, and, but it's also important. Um, sometimes it's hard just to get out of the house it is because uh, you know people deal with uh, mental health and all these different things but um, and the, but those are the things that you have to find out what's going on because there's a reason there's something that's trying to stop you from going to them, to them places because you know it'll help um, for sure so um, getting a sponsor is one of the most important things and that again goes with whatever program you may be working um they all have them uh some of them call them leaders and different things they call it something different in a uh good to see you too man uh he said good to see you too honey i know you can't see that probably but i can't i'm not yeah i know it's all right um uh, i think they call it they call it something different in celebrate recovery uh, it is a sponsor but they call it they have something else there too it's like um you have a sponsor, but you have, I want to say leader, but I don't think that's the right word. But, um, I can't remember. I've only been I'm a couple not sure of either. I ain't either but. I've, I've had a, a sponsor in Al-Anon, um, which for those people that don't know, Al-Anon is for friends and family of um, alcoholics and addicts because we get sick too. <laughs> and and we need a program too um, to help us and help us not to enable, help us to maintain our boundaries. And, um, you know, I, I got very sick um, being on the other side of it. And um, so all these programs, it's important to have somebody to mentor you, um, somebody that you can look up to, somebody that you can trust and um, that gets it. Yeah. And that's what um, people. That's what I was talking. Was it last night? I was talking about that. I was, I was talking about that. I was saying how that 
when we go to treatment or whatever, we're working on ourselves, and the family's just sitting there, so it causes more resentment. Um, you get madder because you feel like we're the ones that have caused all the problems anyway. And then here we're off on a vacation of some sorts. Uh, and treatment's not a vacation by no means, but that's what it can feel like to you, right? Or wrong? Feel like you're on a vacation? Or just like I'm there getting help. I was there getting help. and, and Yeah, but for me, um, and we're going to probably talk about this another night too, but for me, I wanted that um, for you. Uh, I needed that. <laughs> I needed that for me and for you. Um, but I could, I could understand how people feel like, yeah, you're, um, you're getting to, to go and get all this help while somebody else on the other side is having to still, you know, work and they're not getting fed. They're not getting, you know, the, the same kind of care. It depends on, on what facility, you know, that you may be at. You've, you know, been blessed to go to some nice facilities where you're, you know, taking care of your fed good food. You have, um, you know, different sort of programs within um, that that facility that are offered to you. I could, I could get how people get resentful maybe because they need that too. But at the end of the day, for me, I was glad that you were off the street um, and getting the care that, that you needed. Um, it took a lot of stress off of me knowing that you were in somebody else's capable hands and, and the, and the burden quite frankly, didn't, um, wasn't on me. Right. I mean, let's be honest about it. Even, when it, I had charges and shit and I'd go to jail, I think even then you felt um, better in some ways. I mean, I wasn't out there sticking a needle in my neck and shit. And so Absolutely. Um, that's another topic too. Yeah. Inside the institutions, that's stressful too. But, um, you know, there was a time when I called to have you arrested um, because I knew that was the only thing at the time that was going to save your life. So, um, yes. I there, there was relief. I want to touch on. I want to touch on that just a second because what she's talking about right there, the way it all happened, I do believe that it saved my life at night for sure. Um, I believe I was in my truck dying, uh, to be honest about it, and they woke me up. Um, <coughs> come to and I had cops all around me. I didn't know what was going on. I'd been out so long that my mind couldn't wrap around. I knew I was in trouble, but I didn't know for what. I didn't know. I just I just thought, oh, fuck, what have I done now? And um, I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw the, the cops standing back there with the AR, and I was like, damn, and this cop's knocking on my window. He's like, can you roll down the window? I said, no, I can't do that. He said, come on, Mr. Gentry, I'm just going to take you in for the pro violation. If you roll down the window, I don't care what you got. None of that. And I said, I can't do that, man. I, I still trying to get my thoughts together. And I said, uh I said something. I don't remember what I said. Oh, I said, you let me smoke a cigarette. And he said, yeah, uh, if you'll get out peacefully and let me get you in handcuffs, um, I'll do that anyway. Uh, it turned yeah. out he, he kept his word. But anyway, so um, all that stuff, I mean, just that little brief story right there, you can just imagine what the family goes through. But so um, a sponsor, <laughs> let's talk about a sponsor for a second, how important they are. Um, that's something that I wouldn't do. Um, I would never do until I finally had enough and got a sponsor. And the whole idea of a sponsor is number one, have somebody talk to, but number two is to guide you through the steps. Um, the steps are very therapeutic. Do they, I don't I don't know the answer to this. Do they do the steps in Al-Anon too? Is that what it is? Yes. Yes. We do the steps too. It's just, they're just worded differently. Everything is based off um, Alcoholics Anonymous 
um, 12 steps, um, all, all kinds of, all the different 12 step programs are based off that, off that, off the AA steps. So it's just worded differently. Right. So you go through the whole thing. I mean, you're sitting yeah. there. Except I'm powerless. I'm powerless um, over, you know, my addict or alcoholic that's in my life. Um, yes, we go through all the steps and, um, you know, uh, have to uh, make amends too. There's things that we have to make amends for as well. They're all the same steps. They're just worded a little bit differently. Um, so in, in my case, because I was on the other side of and loved an addict, um, you know, my drug was you. Um, so I had to realize that I was powerless over you, which was very hard because I spent so many years fighting for you, um, trying to do everything for you that I almost loved you to death. And that's something that somebody had to point out to me. And I think I'm trying to help. And, um, uh, and I was driving myself crazy. Um, but I almost loved you to death. I am, I almost did too much, um, to enable you. It's kind of difficult to hear. I mean, that's why there's, we've been talking about doing another show and we almost was going to do it tonight. And then right at the end, Hey Bella, how you doing? Uh, right there at the end, I, I said, I don't want to do it tonight. I just, I didn't want to get that emotional to be honest about it. Cause I know it's going to be emotional. We're going to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm always emotional. So people are going to have to yeah. deal with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a scaredy cat tonight. I, I didn't, I wasn't ready to stare it all out. No, thank you. Probably gonna, God probably told you just wasn't the time. And, yeah. um, and there will be a time and it will be coming soon. So. Uh, Pink Squirrel said yes. I, I guess a parent. I, this is the first time I've seen Pink Squirrel, I believe. Um, unless it's someone I know that's changed her name or something, but said that yes. I guess she's agreeing that almost loved me to death. Um, right. And that, I mean, that's, I mean, it has to be difficult. If you, if, if you don't get into a program, whichever program you fit into, you don't understand things. Um, it's important to get into a program for a lot of reasons. Um, for, even just the mere connection, it's a relief to be around people that get you and what you're going through because for so long, um, addiction, um, you know, it, it's people have been more familiar with alcoholics more. Um, and then when it comes, you know, to, to drug addiction, it was such a stigma and it was, there was so much shame like surrounded by it. People didn't talk about, you know, that for long. So for me to be able to get into my program and be able to talk to people that got me and understood what I was going through was a relief. Um, and to have the connections that I could call somebody and say, you know, what, I'm really struggling right now. I need to talk. Um, and I would get to that point where, you know, I even they talk about men having a hard time, but it's hard for women sometimes too to pick up the phone and, and think that somebody, would you really care that, that much to, to talk to me and what I'm going through? But they do. These are the people that get it. Now, could I pick up the phone and talk to my mom about it? No, she doesn't get it. Could I pick up the phone and talk to a friend about it? No, they don't get it. But people in these programs, they get it. They've been through it. They've walked it. They get it. So to have that connection, have somebody understand what you're going through is like, I don't, it's such a relief. I don't know any other word. It's just a relief. Um, and it's freeing um, to get to talk to people that get it. Yeah, I was answering. I'm listening to you. And let me ask you that. I remember, and I'm, let me ask you this. Let me say something about it. I remember when you started going, and I remember some things that you would say, and I'd be like, hell no. 
You ain't going back to talk to that woman no more. They're making you like me. And, uh, <laughs> and to, to set boundaries. They teach you to set boundaries. And, you know, setting that boundaries would, um, you know, it's it's keeping you from getting your way and getting what you want. Because I get a little bit stronger and I'm able to say no and maintain that boundary. And you're not. And when you're in active addiction, you're not getting your way. Um, so, yeah. So you didn't you didn't want that um, for sure. Nobody in active addiction wants that. <laughs> you don't want to be told no for sure. No, that, that's that's the biggest thing, and you know that demon's driving you, and you you hear things you're just not feeling them. Anybody says that they are, you may you'll have that. I mean, people have that when you're real high. You have that brief moment of oh man, you know, look what I've done. Oh well, back to what I'm doing, and you're just just gone. I mean, it's just like that way. Um, uh -huh. And I said, you know, this lady said something to me in treatment a few years back. And she said, you tell your wife that you love them, your kids that you love them, this, that, and other. And she said, just, she said, just like this, you're a fucking liar. You love your dope. And I believe that. But someone said something. I, I feel differently about that now. It's not that we love the dope anymore. It's just that the dope has more of a control on us. Because mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I didn't love being a junkie. I didn't love nothing about it. Right. You know, that junkie word's a hard word to hear, but it's the truth. You know, it that's you you can't run from that. And I used to try to run from it, but I kind of embrace it today because it, it's the truth. That's what I was. I, I was just a <laughs> junkie as far as that goes. I wasn't worthless. You know, I'm somebody, but you know, the the drug made me worthless, made me, you know. Uh, everybody gave up hope in, on me for sure, without a doubt, um, except for one person. And that's the one person that I try to drive away, no matter what. I, I, shit, I mean, going, that's still in the topic for another day as well. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, you call yourself a junkie, but, you know, they are trying to steer away from that and use the person first language because you are a person first. And I know. you suffer with an addiction. Well, I'm just saying that. I, but some people still you know, like to use that term. Um, we, we don't, we'll say you're a person that, that suffered with addiction or substance use disorder or whatever, because you are a human being first, but for so long you haven't felt that way. No, you haven't. Um, and that's something that you, that is very hard too, especially man being in a jail cell and, and laying on the floor and just, you know, I've been through some bad ones as we said before. And one in particular was real bad. And I remember laying there thinking, you know, I was going to die. I didn't think I was going to make it through it, but I just kept thinking, you know, I didn't want you to get that phone call or whatever. And, um, and I also kept thinking, man, I don't want to die like this. I don't want that to be it because I don't want some preacher up there lying saying I was all this good person and shit because I wasn't. And that's a lot of things that drive me today to, to be sober because I want somebody to say something good, but it's hard. But what I was getting at is that all your emotions come flooding back, man. And you've got no way to channel, to channel them out any kind of way. And, course i would exercise i would work out or whatever and try to get all that shit out of you but you don't know what's going on it's like man and you know i wasn't a crier and all that shit and you want to you would want to but here you are in jail and you gotta be this big old tough guy or whatever uh, or you're just some kind of punk and it's hard it's difficult and you know people look at it they say oh you know just old drug addicts easy man ain't nothing easy about that shit nothing mm -hmm. at all um, no that's why when we turn our lives around, we're just such go-getters and 
most of us, not all of us, some people are just happy with what they have or whatever. And that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, others are, you know, we want to go out and, and do more, but, um, like me, you know, I, I didn't do nothing for so long. So it's like, I'm wasting time if I'm not doing something kind of thing. But, um, the emotion part of it is it's hard. And there again, it goes back to that sponsor again, uh, and the importance of that program, because you can talk to them and, and in these meetings and stuff that I can't, I can talk to you about it, but it's just so many emotions involved that you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, anger comes up as soon as you say it or what, as it should. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, if, if you got somebody right there beside you and man, they done seen you, I mean, go through hell. I mean, through worst of your worst. I mean, all you can imagine prison, jail, almost dying. I mean, on and on. And then I look at you and we're riding down the road and I say, I had a craving today. It's going to scare you. I mean, uh-huh. that's where it's going to come from. You're going automatically, it's going to be fear. Yeah. And, you, and it's going we react to fear certain ways and um it's going to be anger most part. And so that's the because important all my, yeah all my memories of what i've been through with you come come back to me um and it is very scary and i want to i want to i want to protect and take care of and that's where my program comes in to play where i learn my boundaries and i'm not responsible for you there's only one savior and that's jesus christ it's not me um, but for a long time, I thought it was me, you know, I thought everything fell on my shoulders. Um, so having somebody, yeah, that we, we have to maintain boundaries in every relationship. Um, you and I are, you know, are a couple, but there's different relationships between, a, a, you know, parent and child or siblings, um, you know, whatever, whatever the relationship may be. Um, but you definitely have to have that person, um, in your life to be able to, to, to share with, um, that, I mean, that just, they get it. I can't get everything cause I haven't been down the same roads. I haven't done the same things that you have. So as much as I, oh yeah, yeah. As much as I want to, you know, understand it, 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 it can be stressful to me, especially when you say, you know, I've had a craving and I can sit there and tell you all day long. Yes. Tell me, tell me, um, <laughs> But uh, you know, to be to be honest, um, it does it does set me on guard. Yeah, I don't have cravings. You know, I was just using that as I mean, you know that we just had a conversation about that. Yeah. Not saying that I'm not saying I ever won't, but I don't. Um, but you have before. Oh, have. And... oh yeah, I have. Yeah, and some people <laughs> have them all the time. Some people struggle, man. Some people struggle really, really hard. And I'm not saying I had never struggled. I just don't struggle today. Uh, tomorrow might be a different day. I'm not struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God. Um, but we know, you know, one slip up and, and there it goes. And that, and that's the scary part too, because no matter, man, if you've been sober 20 years, still in the back of your mind, you're, you're always going to remember that you, I'm talking to you. Um, and so that's why, again, the program people, you, you can't ever stop working it. Um, so many people, I saw a lady last night, uh, celebrate 17 years and she lost a sponsee. Uh, it's been five years ago on her anniversary of sobriety and just the hurt. And she said the same exact thing that everyone says. She quit working the program. Um, people call it a cult. They call it whatever they want, but the shit works, man. Um, there's not many people that don't have to do it. Uh, Nick, who's on here now, he didn't have to. Um, and I know another old man that I met a long, long time ago. Um, he didn't either. He would always come to these meetings and he'd always have a Bible. He wouldn't have an AA book or NA book. And so, you know me, I'm nosy. So I was like, I want to talk uh-huh. to this guy. 
And my so, mom would say curious. Yeah, curious. She likes that word goes. better than nosy. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I wanted to talk to him, and I always like talking to older people anyway. They got a lot of wisdom, but um, and I, I asked him, and he said, I just did it with God. And I walked in the church and never drank again. And he reads his Bible, you know, and some people do read the NA book or the AA book. Like, that's okay. You know, people want to judge themselves. Now the main thing is, man, they're staying sober. You got to do what works for you. Um, but that sponsor, but you got to find somebody that for me, it has to be somebody I can't push over. as you know that. Um, yes. You need a strong. Yeah. Everybody has, <clears throat> everybody will know there'll be a person you connect with when you sit in the rooms and thing is, too, let's say this, if you're getting into a program, it's important just to get like, they should give you a list of names. It's important just to get even a temporary sponsor, just somebody to help hold you accountable, somebody there for you. And as you continue to go to the meetings, you'll find somebody, right, that you relate to and feel like that's, that's me. They would get me. This is where I want to be. And, and you'll know it. Um, but getting a temporary sponsor is important just when you're first getting in there and getting a list of names of people to connect to because they're there for, you know, the account for the accountability, for the support, for the guidance, um, and, and, and for acceptance. Like, again, not everybody gets it. Not everybody, you know, understands it, I guess, been educated or, um, I think nowadays more people, um, probably have some story or or can relate to addiction in some way. I think everybody's life has been touched in some way by addiction. It may be a friend of a friend, but unfortunately it's getting closer to home every day. Yeah. I'm looking at this picture that you have on here of me and you, and I know where we were at when that picture was took and I was high Mm -hmm. high in that picture. Um, Yeah. We were out having a good time actually, but, we were downtown Nashville, wasn't we? Yeah, I know where we were. I don't know what. Was that yeah. at, uh, was that at Overhead? It was at one of them. I don't remember, but yeah. I wasn't drinking, but I was just high. I remember having to yeah. go back to the vehicle and, and get high. And that's all them things are, are just so sad. But, man, in sobriety, you get to build so many more memories. But let me ask you a question about Al-Anon, since we're on that kind of subject. So, okay. and they're the same deal. You, you get a temporary sponsor there, too? Yep. Same um, thing. Um, yep. And I, and I would pay attention, um, when I would go in and I'm going to tell you what, it took a lot for, it took a lot for me, um, to walk in through those doors too. Um, I didn't want to admit I was weak and couldn't handle things. Um, you know, it was hard for me, but I'll never forget the, uh, one woman I met and, um, she's an older woman, had been in the program for a long time. I immediately clicked with her. Um, she, she's the one that I went to. I knew right off the bat, I was lucky with that, but, but, huh? (laughs) I didn't like her. (laughs) (laughs) If, if anybody told me to take care of myself over you, you didn't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yes, it's important to have somebody, somebody's got to guide you. You're new. You don't know what you're doing. It's like starting a job. Um, you've got to have somebody teach you the, their process, how their program works. Um, you just don't know everything off the bat. So you've got to have somebody that can help guide you. Yeah. And then you, and then you just move on to the, do people, I guess, I guess people have to, um, work that the rest of their life too. You don't now, of course, or whatever, but I still, um, I still do. Yeah. You still, you still do. Um, you're supposed to. Yeah. And then a lot of people go there, um, that have been, you know, 
that have been there for for a long time they go you know just to add support but they still work the steps we still if we don't stick in something if you don't if you don't use it you lose it so um it's important and sometimes you have to go back through steps and do things i still have to to make amends for things that i do wrong i mean i just oh, told yeah. you yeah, i knew that i was talking about oh. the meetings yeah i know you do that yeah i know yeah. you still analyze things in your daily life uh, yeah for sure without a doubt uh, i know that and, and then you know everyone knows you work in treatment as well mm -hmm. um anyone who's new uh, beth works in treatment and she's fixing to be a licensed clinical uh alcohol uh, master's in addiction counseling yeah and um it's I have three more classes to go and then I start practicum. Um, it's been a long road, but I, I will say this is one of the times there's very, <clears throat> very few times I've, I've felt, um, this much power of God speaking to me, but this was one of the times and he, and I knew without a doubt, he told me to move. Um, I had been playing with the idea. Um, do I, I'm so tired of school. <laughs> I don't want to go to school. I want, you know, nursing school and all that. But he told me, yes, go for it. And um, it's been a journey, but um, I and I have no idea where I'm where he's going to lead me with it still. But I knew without a doubt it was what he was telling me to do. So I'm getting closer to it. It's been a, been a long road, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited, too. I'm excited for you. I'm excited every day uh, when someone tells you how much you touched your life already and what you do now. Nothing like it. Yeah. And there's not and we all need that in our lives and this that, and other but you know this addiction thing man it's it's hard it's just i'm lucky and blessed that i don't have all these health problems um that could change tomorrow and i'm lucky i didn't put you through so much stress that you had a stroke and heart attack and yeah because it felt people. like it <laughs> oh I, I i can only imagine you know, I, i've said to you before i know but i don't know i don't know what it's like to be on the other end of it um I only know what it's like to be on this end and that's going to be the importance of this show we're going to do uh one day this week we're going to do it um there's going to yeah it's going to be a tough one um but it's one that, that people need to hear <coughs> um because there's so many there's people out there today who probably don't know and realize that their boyfriend or girlfriend is on dope uh because you can kind of maintain it maintain it excuse me for a second uh, not long when it comes to the opiate thing because it just takes over so fast. And if you don't know the signs and you don't look for it, then you may find your loved one um, being, you know, on the floor dead or whatever. Uh, Tick mm -hmm. Radio said, thank you for sharing your, your um, history, Beth. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so I'm open, yeah. but I probably would, I probably share too much people get with me. I, I tend to talk too much. Um, no, I mean, that was the whole idea when I, when I started this whole this whole podcast thing was mm -hmm. being raw and being true. And that's why I don't edit them. I don't do anything. What's recorded is gone out because, you know, so many people like some of these shows that, that like when I'm going on, you know, it might not come out for three months. And I'm just like, wow, you know, why why do it that way? I'm sure more people will start doing it the way we're doing it because it's working. But um, mm -hmm. I just feel like that's what it needs to be, because in a way, it's like a meeting in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and if you missed a meeting, you know, hey, we can go listen to this podcast and we can basically hear a meeting. Um, and I had it, I had it signed, uh, set up to do basically an HNI. Uh, it kind of fell through. HNI is just where people go into treatment centers and stuff and tell the new new people in treatment what it's all about, basically. 
uh, about getting a sponsor and all these things, which is kind of why I kind of want to do this tonight because so many people, man, they go into treatment and they waste the time that they're there. We know I did it many times. I don't know how many treatments I went to in one year, but I went to a lot. Uh, it was a lot of them. I went everywhere. I was all over the place. I was in Mississippi. I was in Florida. I was back in Tennessee. I was, man, I was everywhere. And, um, but I sit there and I didn't do anything. I just, I would sit there. I was the guy who'd put my hoodie on and give you that mean stare. And, and they know it, you know, and a lot of them are, are for money, but there are always, there's always someone usually who cares. Um, and you just kind of got to find them and see them, but it's always the people who get paid less. Um, whatever reason that is, I don't know. It's in there, you know, it's the people that you first meet when you first get there. And the last one you see when you leave, um, mm-hmm. They're the low man on the totem pole, as they say, but in reality, you know, the low man's a high man, really, is where it all started at. But um, unconditional, the unconditional love, I'm sure, is what she's meaning right now. Let me tell you something about unconditional love. This woman on the other side of this microphone over here is the, it should be her picture in in the dictionary for unconditional love. Um, Y'all just don't, you're going to hear, you're going to hear what this lady went through with me. (laughs) And you all are going to be like, wow, you know what I mean? anyone's an addict um, and man you know we do a lot and I, what i really hope from it it's going to be embarrassing for me in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways it's not but what i hope is that people will hear it and wake up and realize yeah. what you're doing uh because at the end of the day the power of you know of sharing that message and what you've been through gives somebody else hope to think you know somebody may have not gone that far down Yet, it, it, but it, but somebody may have gone that far down and think, you know what, you know what, there is hope. There, there are good, there are good people out there. There are people that care. Um, they're not people just sitting there in judgment, pointing their fingers um, at me because that's how you feel when you're first coming into um, recovery. You feel so much shame, um, so much guilt, um, and to have somebody. And I wasn't perfect at loving you through all this it well you know we're going to talk about that in another episode but um knowing how to love you was was hard um through this knowing how to love an addict is not easy um it was very challenging but i i have to i have to give god the credit i believe that you know he he brings us two things to bring us through things and he's not leaving he's not leaving me um there was a reason for it and honestly i thought i wanted to be a nurse and I went through and graduated nursing school, and here I am ending up working in addiction. Um, so, you know, to me, it's a blessing, and I get to see people all the time come in broken, and uh, you know, and I get to see them throughout their recovery and how they grow, and it is the most inspiring thing ever. Um, yes. Not to mention you too, because it had been a long road. So, and there was times I wasn't sure you were going to make it through it. Um, but it, it is very inspiring, inspiring to me. So it is. And that's why people say, and they mean this. And for everyone who's struggling, trying to walk through that door, people want to see you walk through that door. People mm-hmm. want to see you raise your hand. People want to hear you talk. So please do it. I'm listen. I know it's nerve wracking. You know, it's. And it, let's it, say it, this too. If you are new in recovery and you're considering um, you know, going into some sort of program, like a 12 step program, um, <coughs> the meetings is what I'm talking about. 
whichever meetings it, you know, that it would be, give it a chance. It's not going to feel comfortable. Um, you are going to feel so uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to learn to sit in the uncomfortable um, to get comfortable. And sometimes you have to try different groups because not every group will be the right group for you. But you've got to give it a chance. Um, it's it's not it, it it's not going to happen instantaneously. Most likely, if you walk into a group and that be your group and you feel comfortable right away, that's amazing. But that's not always going to happen. Um, you've got to give it a chance. You got to keep coming back. You've got to open your mouth so people can get to know you a little bit um, and and reach out. Give them that chance to reach out to you. If they don't reach out to them, go up to the whoever was leading the meeting at the end of the meeting and say, hey, I'm new. Um, if you're not comfortable talking in the meeting, that's okay. Um, I'm new. I need some numbers. I need to know what to do. Um, I'm lost. I'm struggling. Um, and they will they will help you. Some meetings already pass out. Like they'll, you know, when you're there, they'll, they'll have a sheet and they'll start writing down names and numbers for you. Um, and when you leave, you'll have a list of names and numbers to call. But my main point is don't give up. Don't think the first time you're going to feel so amazing after you go in. You may hear some things you like. You may not connect at all. But you've got to keep going back and give it a chance. There's a ton of meetings. And just let's say this, you can go on to like aa.org, na.org, alanon.org, whichever meeting it is that you, wherever you may fit, um, you can click on and just say find a meeting, click in your zip code and find meetings. You can find meetings online. But let me encourage you to go in person. You need that social contact. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's it's great to have the online, but don't let that, don't let that be it for you. You've got to have connections are so important and not to get off topic, but loneliness is an epidemic. Isolation is not the key to recovery. You've got to get, you've got to go. You've got to make your feet move <laughs> and get there. Um, and sometimes if you have a trouble, trouble getting a ride, um, sometimes insurances will pay if you give them a 24 hour notice give you a ride and sometimes once you once you're able to get there and you can meet somebody somebody will pick you up and give you a ride but the main thing is don't give up just don't give up there's always somebody that'll give you a ride and when she was saying that about uh people writing their names down um tick said aa arrived in mexico in 1946 man that was right about the time it started too then because uh it's right after the war so it was somewhere in that no, yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah, because Al-Anon there. started in 19, um, 1951. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is, is in the meetings, if you haven't ever been, they do these readings and they'll say, is there anyone here for their first time at an NA meeting or AA meeting? Just raise your hand. You know, no one's going to look at you funny. People are going to look at you, but they're mm-hmm. not going to look at you funny. They're going to look at you with just a smile. Everyone that's sitting there... I don't care if they've got, there's an old man that comes to meetings, man. He's got 37 years sober. And I still see this man get so excited every time someone picks up that white chip. I mean, it's just the most genuine care and love you'd ever imagine. So that's what you're going to get. But I I remember being in treatment and sitting there and thinking, damn, these people are too damn nice. Uh, Uh -uh. It's damn nice to me. Uh, Get away from me. You know, I don't want to talk. And they just try to love you through it. And uh, we know I had some experiences through all that because I was just a prick. But um i just wasn't you know i was there for the wrong reasons and until i finally decided to get sober everything changed and you kind of know but don't stop trying either she was talking about don't stop trying don't stop trying even if man listen i don't care if 
please don't relapse. But if you do, come right back. Because uh, nowadays, relapse is killing you. Um, your body's just not going to take it. I mean, they got this stuff and this dope now that is eating people. So, I mean, it's just my, what it's doing to the bodies on the outside of their bodies is just unbelievable. Um, and so I can only imagine what it's doing to the inside. And uh-huh. I saw a video a while ago. It kind of pissed me off. I think that's what put me in a bad mood, really. But uh, I wasn't in a bad mood. I was just wasn't in a really good mood. But I was watching a video, and it's these guys are filming these two dudes that are nodded out on the sidewalk, and they're making fun of them. You know, man, quit making fun of people, man. Try to love them. If we if we do that a little bit better, I mean, man, they're struggling. You know, you think they want to be laying there on that ground? Like that, <laughs> they really don't. I can promise you, they don't. Well, it's the only thing they got left, man. It's the only it's the only way they can find any comfort now. They have nothing. They're laying on the sidewalk in the freezing cold rain. Don't even have a tent, nothing over them. So please don't think they want to do that, man. They don't. And that's what we don't do. You know, nowadays we all look down at our phones and we don't look up. And uh, everybody else is in our world, in our way. And that's just not not how it is. But there are a lot of people out there that do care and show a lot of love. And, and these meetings are that. You know, I promise you, you can be out there on the sidewalk somewhere and somebody walk by you and throw a rock at you. All you got to do is walk in the door of a meeting. And everybody in there will give you all the love that you could ever imagine. Well, let's not say everybody because there's still newcomers in there, too. So don't expect everybody because yeah. there's well, yeah, people right. in there. They're still uncomfortable in their own skin. But, yes, there are people there. Um, they're going to recognize um, and, and be there. And the whole thing is, um, you know, this is this is to help. This is to help you. It is support for you from people, you know that gets you they want to help you work towards your goals and so many of them they are there's a lot of them that are successful people now they want to help you get jobs they want to help you find a place to live they they just want to help if you're serious about recovery they want to help yes if you're serious and trust me we can see through the bullshit because guess what we was the bullshit we know all about it we know definitely how to do it and People, and it shows very, very quickly. You you can go in there and try to play it and fake it all you want, but you still got them little signs and people see it. And it's, you know, so don't do that. But if you got to yeah. fake it to make it, okay, just don't mm-hmm. don't keep using, man. Because, you know, it's not a game anymore. Dope ain't never been no good, but it really ain't no good now. It is it's proven dope. statistically that, you know, with not just abstaining from whatever um, substance that you've been using, but with meetings and recovery, um, some sort of program that people have, you know, longevity and recovery. Have, they are long-term in recovery. To yeah. try to do it by yourself, um, to white knuckle it, it's it's very hard. I have clients that come in. Um, some people are dead against working a program. Um, I rarely see very many of them make it, but the ones that are in a program um, and serious about working it, you've got to, y'all people, you got to work at it. Look, it's not easy like somebody's just going to drop a million dollars at your door and life is just going to be grand and it's not like that. You've got to work at things if you want it, but it's worth it. It's worth it because like you were saying, people that go out now um, and use, you don't know what you're getting. They're putting so much stuff, um, all the press pills, they're they're putting so, so many different drugs. There's going to be one thing after the next. As soon as they get a hold of one thing, there's going to be something else that's out there. It is so dangerous. They're putting it in um, a pot. They're putting it in um, the cartridges, vapes, all that. Kids are getting a hold of it. Um, People come in and we drug test them and they think that they've done heroin. That's not even out there really anymore. 
it's fentanyl, it's xylazine, it's they're mixing um there's uh uh ecstasy, PCP, there's all kind of stuff being mixed in. Um it is deadly. It is deadly. I talked to a guy in a meeting the other day and uh I kind of know some of the same people who know stuff like that, but he was telling me about it. He has a friend and she's on methadone. I don't uh recommend methadone at all. Um I tried that as well, but um I don't recommend that. But um anyway, she but she still likes to dabble in the dope and uh K Ford allotted is her thing. And K Ford allotted is is already strong as hell. I mean, that's the first thing that I ever shot. And uh she got it and they found her dead on the bathroom floor. Luckily they found her in time, but they the same thing, it was pressed, pressed fentanyl. Mm-hmm. So there is no pill out there now that is safe, none of them. Uh, people see it as to make money and they're getting this fentanyl shit so cheap. And you was talking about those cartridges. That shit's coming off the dark web. Uh, pure fentanyl cartridges. You look at your kid over there and you're <laughs> thinking, oh, it's okay. They're just smoking a little pot. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Uh, it's just not okay. You know, growing up, you know, my thing, I got to do whatever I wanted to do because couldn't nobody tell me not to really. But um, my mother just wasn't there, wasn't around. But you need to be in all in your kids' business. Uh, it truly is a matter of life and death. And then not that. I mean, now you got the predators and all that shit. So mm-hmm. for sure, just got to be all in their business and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm gonna cut this at 45 minutes, honey. You go with that. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I I do just want to say too that um, there are statistics out there, and I'm no. You tell me, kind of like not to get in all that that stuff, but it is shown that 75 percent. Um, of people that get into like some sort of like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous is 75% of the members stay abstinent as opposed to anywhere from like eight to 12% of people trying to do it on their own. That's huge. Um, it is. It's huge. And I have people that come in, I've had people here lately saying um, that have relapsed and they've said the one thing was I stopped going to my meetings. I stopped talking to my sponsor. I stopped working my program. It was slow. It was slow. It was slow. Um, but it happened, you know, that slowly they started dropping off doing things. And I'm going to tell you, I feel so much better. I may be so tired, but I know even going to church or going to a meeting, I feel so much better. I'm so glad. Like when I go, I feel so much better. I'm so glad that I went. Um, I always hear something I need to hear every time, um, or able to help somebody else. Um, but it is so beneficial. I can't, I can't say it enough. Um, and for somebody to go somewhere where somebody gets me, um, is huge to me. It's huge. It is. And then, you know, AA don't want you to say you're addict. Some NA don't want you to be on suboxone. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, suboxone is sobriety. Mm. So don't, don't fall for that either. Um, you know, so just do what you need to do mainly to stay sober uh, but the program is really the only way that's the one thing that is proven to work as she said yeah you're um, not gonna do it alone um no. most likely but the things are here more and more um i keep telling people you know do this do that and then they come into a moment of crisis y'all we don't know we can't predict what's gonna happen in our lives our life can be going along just fine and bam something happens and that's um when a lot of people relapse because they don't have somebody to call. They don't, they don't have a program to go to, um, having those connections and they have, um, events that you can go to that they do 
you know, different groups will do fun things together, go out and do outings. They'll do cookouts. I mean, it's, um, there's just a real fellowship there that, that people need, I believe. Um, obviously the statistics prove it too, but I know I can't do it on my own. Um, and I have God and I, and I love God, but he's put things in my pathway for a reason. And this is one of them is, is working a program. So it teaches you a lot. You will learn a lot, um, about yourself and, and how to live life. What you find is that when you get sober or hell, even go to jail, all them people you thought was your friends, man, they're not your friends. Uh, you know, they were around cause either you had the vehicle or you had the connection or you had a bigger scam than they did to make the better money. I mean, it's whatever it ain't, it's never a good friendship, but in that fellowship, you will build some very genuine, the greatest friendships you could ever imagine. There is, there's hope. There's so many people are hopeless, feel hopeless. They're not hopeless. They feel hopeless. They feel helpless and hopeless. And there's so much hope um, inside these doors and these recovery places. Um, Again, you know, I've gone to several, um, you know, AA or NA meetings with with people since I was 16 years old. And I felt welcomed, you know, there. I've, you know, I've felt um, the fellowship there. And um, I I can't, I mean, I just can't say enough how important it is to have, to have somebody that gets me and understands me and to have somebody that I can connect to, that I can reach out to, that it doesn't matter. Um, they're going to be there for me. It's different than just having my regular friends out here. It is completely different. It is a family. Um, you just got to find the right one to get them to. Steps, them steps. Yeah. When you, when you get ready to, to air all your, all your shit out there. That's another reason that you got to have a sponsor that you're completely comfortable with and that you trust, because you got to remember you're fixing to tell this person your deep, darkest secrets, because that's the shit that's keeping you, keeping you sick. And so, um, Bobby said, hello, Beth. Um, sorry, I'm not, I can't, I don't have my glasses on. Hi, Bobby. (laughs) Hi everybody. Thank you for being here. Um, um, tonight. That's, that's one of the most important things, you know, they don't always just word it that way, but when you're looking for that sponsor and again, you, you may get 10 before you find the one, uh, but you need that one that's going to make your ass work. And when I say make you work is work them steps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to do, do the work, work at anything listen, nowadays. Um, listen, you gotta we do would the work do whatever to- we would do, whatever it took to get that hundred, 200, whatever dollars it was that we needed. You know, that's what somebody said. Uh, said, "Hell, addict, they get that two hundred dollars some way, somehow, every day." You know, if you work that hard at staying sober, you can do it. Um, like and yeah, I, I heard somebody the other day that said, "I'm sorry to cut you off." He said, no, "Go ahead, y'all. We would go out barefoot without a jacket in um, in a snowstorm, knowing that we're going to come back with you know that drug or whatever that we wanted. Um, we would, we knew it, and we were going to do whatever it took, do whatever it takes to to get in recovery." Um, it's an amazing feeling. And if you just stick it out, um, keep going and make those connections, you're going to be so glad that you did, um, to have those true friendships. Um, it's, it's worth it. Do the work, do the work that mental health too. If you need mental health help, get, get into therapy, you know, do, do the work. It's worth it. We only have one life. Um, and we deserve to have a good one and live a good one. Yeah. That's what I, that's how, that's what I think about every day is that all the years I wasted. And now, you know, every day I try to be better than I was yesterday and do a little bit better. And 
but I promise you, if I was to stop working that program, we know what it would be. And, um, I won't ever do it. I won't ever stop. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, you know, but God, again, we say this all the time without God, none of it's going to work. Um, yeah. I heard someone say, and it made me cringe when, it, when the lady said it, the one that was celebrating 17 years, she said, God is away. And if I offended everybody, I don't give a damn if I do offend anybody. Yeah, about God. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is because that's the only way. And I, you don't, I, and you don't have to go in believing. I will say that because not everybody's able to do that up, you know, you don't have to go in believing we do. You don't have to go in believing having that faith um, to go into these meetings. People make whatever they want their higher power. Um, you and I are Christians and we believe in God. And that is, that's the only way for us. We hope that people come to know him, but I do just want to say that I don't want that to prevent people. Um, I do want to share this. I just had somebody on, you can get me choked up on Sunday. Um, that I, I witnessed accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior at 77 years old. Wow. She lost her son to suicide four years ago this April. And um, she didn't believe she's a believer now. You don't have to believe to go in there. But I'm telling, I'm telling you, I know he's the only way. But you don't have to believe to go in there. But it's amazing um, at 77 years old that she finally came to believe. Um, heard another story on the Christian radio station we listened to, um, somebody had practiced witchcraft for so many years. They found, they found Jesus, but you don't, the thing is you don't have to believe you can be as broken as broken is, um, walking through those doors. Those people are going to love you. Yes, they are. Um, man, without a doubt. I mean, and that goes in the same way with church. You know, if you go to church, you got to find the right one there too. Um, that's that's the most important because we know it's sad but they're all not the same uh, and a lot of times you'll find more love as you walk through the door of a or a um, yeah. yeah definitely celebrate recovery man i mean that's you know my they're all they're all amazing don't get me wrong they are but something about celebrate recovery and if you hadn't tried that uh, and you're struggling to find your way in these programs give that a try they're mm-hmm. every night of the week except for sunday because they have church on sunday but um yep and even there you and i tried one um and you know we liked certain aspects of it but it wasn't until you went to you know another one in another area that you really saw the difference there and how they reached out to you um yeah at that other place so that's why we say keep trying different ones if one place just doesn't feel like oh i don't like this try another one they're all over different times different days um some places run them 24 hours a day not celebrate recovery but meetings and stuff um Celebrate recoveries are usually um, always at nighttime, and they serve um, food. Um, they they kind of have a, a worship. You don't have to do that. You can just go and do the meeting. But the more you're able to co- to connect to people, the more comfortable you're going to be. Um, you know, feel your uncomfortableness, but do it anyway. <laughs> you know, feel the fear, but do it anyway. It's worth it. The celebrate recovery. You don't have to struggle with addiction. Uh, you struggle with anything. Any sort, whatever, any, yeah, anything, it, whatever you feel that you're struggling with, mm-hmm. I promise you that they have it, you know, they have it there for you and you'll hear other people There's and you'll be like, people that Damn. may have been in prostitution. There's all kind of different, different things that people go, um, and they break out into different groups there. So they'll have like a room for men, um, 
you know, that, that are, you know, in, in AA or NA and they'll have one for women. They have different groups that you can break out into and they should have a table set up usually out front, um, where there's people to greet you, um, and can, can, can help direct you on where to go. So they want you to write your name on a little stuff they want to put on a shirt because everybody wants to know who you are. And, um, I'll tell you something kind of funny. A lady said it the last one I went to, she said, uh, she was up there and she said she struggled with, um, codependency and she said road rage. She said, it's not road rage anymore. It's road anger. She experienced mm-hmm. road rage from someone else. And she said, I just got road anger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. She, I guess she had someone follow her, um, some man or something. Mm-hmm. She said, I don't even know what I did wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, all right, we're going to shut this thing down. You ready? I'm ready. Um, right. and just, um, want to thank God for being with us. Hope this reaches, um, people and hope that they can pick one thing out at least that, that may help them or lead them, um, to a better life. Amen. You know, again, no matter what you do, no matter what you're struggling with, reach out to God first. Um, many blessings to you too. (laughs) You know, that's the main thing, man. Just, you know, I'll tell you what I did. I hit my knees and again, I've been a godly person or a thought for a long time, but when I finally hit my knees and cried out and said, listen, that's it. I'm done. Please take us away from me. And please, you. It's all right. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Please do me as you will, uh, with me as you will. And so, mm-hmm. um, so we love y'all. And God bless y'all. And again, uh, just reach out to God for whatever you need. And he'll lead you the right way. And he'll lead you. Pray about it, man. Uh, mm-hmm. promise you pray about it. Meditate on it. That's one of the most important things. Listen. We spend all of our time talking to God. We got to listen to him too. Um, and it's hard. I know we all don't have time, but if you can pray for 10 minutes and sit there and listen to him for 20, you'll be amazed how to talk to you and yeah. uh, give you the right answers and stuff like that. It's very, very important. Meditate an hour if you can. Meditation is very important too. Um, so anyway, all right, we Whatever. love you all. Blessings to you all too. Um, I'm seeing, I can't see the, I can't see all the names. It's I see Bobby, Bobby but yeah. blessings to you all too. And somebody else said it. So, um, tick, tick radio. Dude. I feel I'm blessed every day. I get to wake up and, and feel my pulse and, um, and I'm a human being too. I have rough days too. And I don't always, um, <laughs> I don't always act and, and, um, respond the ways that I should, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm always a work in progress. Um, we're human. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I love you, honey. Love um, you. Love y'all guys. God bless. We'll see y'all next time. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Good night.